0: Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, I am joined by Detective Tim Renwick and Public Relations and Special Projects Administrator Taylor Brooks. Welcome. Hello. Glad to have you both with us. Unfortunately, today we are getting together to talk about a not so good topic, but it is something that everyone needs to be aware of, and that involves scams and things people are doing with checks these days so i'm gonna let you detective tim if you want to go ahead and take it over just start explaining a little bit about why we're here today
1: well i really appreciate you taking the time to get us on the podcast today we want to address some of these issues that are kind of plaguing our residents and our businesses of james city county um the first one uh we want to talk about the thefts of checks in the mail um, and then also later on, we want to cover some things involving scams, various scams that are occurring. Um, first and foremost, thefts of checks in the mail. This is something that we have seen a, a significant increase in over the past year. I would say probably starting in the February, March timeframe, um, we started seeing um, checks being stolen from specifically the U.S. Postal Service in, in transit. So um, we want to try to mitigate any more thefts that are occurring and try to stop the problem and educate the public on what they can do uh, better, and then make them re- uh, give them some information so they can realize what is occurring out there.
0: Okay, so what are we seeing?
1: Well, we're seeing, uh, first and foremost, the, the thefts of the checks. Um, you know, whenever you're sending money through the mail, um, there is a, a pretty significant monetary value of these checks, so they become a primary target. Um, the checks are being stolen anywhere from the, the point where they're initially mailed to the area, sometimes in transit, and then also when they're being delivered to uh, specific uh, addresses. These are affecting, again, uh, residents themselves, and then also businesses. We've had instances of businesses sending checks Businesses in James City County sending checks to residents in James City County and checks being intercepted along the way. And then also checks that are being sent from James City County to other jurisdictions, um, Richmond, other uh, jurisdictions in Hampton Roads and getting intercepted uh, in those other jurisdictions. So it's more than just a James City County issue. It's an issue for the entire Commonwealth. Um, So One of the things we want to talk about is um, where they're being intercepted and how. Mm -hmm. So um, we believe that the U S postal service is having quite the time right now, uh, investigating um, checks that are being stolen from the postal service locations, drop box locations. Um, And then also there's possible uh, instances where the checks are being stolen from mailboxes, whether or not it's the receiver or the sender's mailbox. These are impacting, um, uh, the, the banks, because the banks are also trying to catch up with this crime, uh, this new crime rate that's going on. Um, they're trying to uh, put some plans in places to, to try to prevent uh, more checks from being stolen. Um, it's, but it's, it's very difficult. The, the, the suspects have um, they have the advantage here, especially when they start crossing uh, county borders and even state lines. So um, the more that we can do here to prevent it, the better.
0: So tell me, so checks are being stolen from mailboxes in front of people's houses. Are they also being stolen from the big blue mailboxes at the post office?
1: Yes. Yeah, we believe so. Um, there How has does been, that happen? Well, there's a, there's been an increase of thefts from the Postal Service involved in something that they call their arrow keys. Uh, we've actually had in not only James City County, but other places throughout Hampton Roads where mail carriers have been robbed. Uh, and the suspects have specifically been looking for their keys to access the drop boxes for the mail.
0: Okay. So, so it's not the little claw grabber thing. That's what I was picturing. No. <laughs> so they're not going in through the end slot.
1: Yeah. The, it's, a, it's really a wide range of, of locations where they're obtaining the checks. Okay. So um, the best thing that you can do sometimes is mm-hmm. either hand the mm-hmm. check directly to the, the mail with the check directly to the mail carrier Um, so if you, let's say that you're dropping a, uh, a piece of mail in, um, your personal mailbox at your residence, maybe put it into the mailbox at a time where, you know, it's closer to the time that the mail carriers can be coming by, or if it's something that's significant, uh, like a check with a lot of money on it, maybe even taking that to the mailbox, the the post office, um, and hand delivering that to, um, a postal worker at the post office, um. You know, especially we're talking about something that has a has a high monetary value because sure. once the suspects get a hold of the check, then what they'll do is they'll either wash the check. So they'll alter the check to put another person's name on it, or they'll just forge the check and sign somebody's name on it and then mobile deposit it into the banks.
0: So how does, so this does affect people financially. I imagine that if uh, somebody has gotten their check, washed their check, written it for a different amount, that can cause some pain in people's checking accounts. I'm sure that there's an emotional toll to that too.
1: Oh, for sure, I'm, I've talked to many people that have been the victim of this, these these thefts, and it puts a lot of strain on them, um, a lot of stress involved. Once the money leaves your bank account, you want to get that money back mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if it went to somebody that it didn't belong so there can be a very stressful time associated with it especially if you lose and we have had victims in james city county that have lost tens of thousands of dollars we've had businesses that have lost tens of thousands of dollars specifically with some of these checks so over the course of the last year we're talking about possibly upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars that's Goodness. been stolen. So it's uh, for the, the 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 bad guys out there, it's a very profitable business. And there's a few things that we can do just to kind of mitigate that and just prevent them from getting these, uh, these checks. Some of the things that I would suggest is if you have the ability to, um, you know, reduce the amount of time that that check is going to spend uh, in the mailbox where anybody can have access to it. You know, if you have the ability, if it's a if it's a bill that you pay monthly, um, maybe explore to see if there's a, a an online bill pay option for it, or an ACH transfer of funds, or um, even using a credit card online. Sometimes there's a convenience fee that's associated with certain credit cards, uh, but sometimes paying that convenience fee might be better for peace of mind, <laughs> just mm-hmm, to absolutely. know that it made it from one place to another and it wasn't stolen. Right. And if Absolutely. you do have to send a check to the mail, which that happens, it happened to me personally recently. I tried to send a, uh, make a payment online, couldn't do it. And I had to send a check to the mail. I continually checked my bank account to make sure that that check reached its final destination to see where it was, uh, when it was deposited and then made sure it was deposited in the right institution. So just doing those follow-ups and tracking where your money is going um, is important and can go a long way.
0: Well, and I'm sure that there may be viewers to this right now that are thinking checks. I never even ordered checks. What are checks about? (laughs) But there are a lot of us that that's what we've used our entire lives. And now we're getting into the benefit of being able to pay online. But, you know, so if you have neighbors that you may have some concerns about that may pay all their bills by check, you know, maybe check in on them, (laughs) check in and see if they have, you know, maybe you can help them as a younger person log on and figure out ways to pay their bills online.
1: And this affects more than just, you know, individual residents. This also affects businesses as well. We've had sure. businesses that have been victims of these thefts of checks in the mail. Um, and one thing I encourage them is, you know, it might be an investment to use a PO box uh, where you could pick your, your mail from a secure location. And then if you're going to the PO box, to pick up your mail, that might be the time to deliver your checks if you're if you're sending checks in the mail.
0: Absolutely. That way you can
1: hand it. You can walk into the building and then hand it to a postal service worker. That way it's not sitting in a box out front overnight where somebody um, who came into possession of a key to access that box and come in and, and steal that mail. Right. Um, when it comes to that mail, you know, there are certain things. If you absolutely have to send a check to the mail again, I did this recently. Um, I tried to use an envelope that looked less official you know, we've all received the bill in the mail where it comes with a, a an envelope to send the, the bill back. Um, those are, to me, I feel that those are a fairly clear indicator that there's something official within this uh, this envelope. So if you have a, a handwritten address on there, um, it takes more time to read it as opposed to just looking at the envelope and saying, oh, this looks like it's official. I'm going to take it. So that might also be an option for you if you have to send a check to the mail.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Those bills always or the return envelopes always had that like clear um, film that you can see that address through. And you normally think, oh, well, that's so nice. I don't have to rewrite it. But with this check scheme, you could be setting yourself up. That's a great point.
1: Yes, ma'am. And I would say if you do become the victim of a, a, a theft, you know, you you check your bank account and you notice that this check was, uh, it was cashed or you get a call from Uh, If you're a business, you get a call from a vendor. They say they haven't received the check. You go and you find out it's been cashed. You know, for me as a detective, one thing I would like for you as a a victim is to start gathering information. Um, First of all, you need to contact the police, contact the bank, um, and then start saving those records. get copies of the checks, contact your bank, um, you know, get uh, statements showing that the check was cashed. And then if you contact the bank and you file a report with them, please get the name and phone number and a report number from the bank um, of who you spoke with there. Just make a note of it. So you can pass that on the police. That's always very helpful very because if good. you have a, a very large bank, for instance, like bank of America or truest uh, they have very large fraud departments. If I call them up, um, they're not going to know who you talk to. Sure. So it makes it a lot easier.
0: Okay. Great tips. Well, Tim, you know, we can't let you have all the fun. We need to get <laughs> Caleb involved in this too. So
2: That's great information.
0: It is great information. Good, And it's good for all of us to hear no matter how many times. So that's helpful. Taleb, let's talk scams. Unfortunately, I think there's a couple of scams going around right now.
2: Yeah. And I do want to point out one thing too, right? I mean, checks are are kind of a dated practice. Um, But, you know, there's still billions of checks that are sent out every year. So, (laughs) you know, intuitively, if, if you're someone who has malicious intent you know there's still billions of checks floating around in mailboxes and really you're just playing a game to to cast a big net and see what you can do and the easiest way to do that of course is to capture those error keys um i was looking at some data you know 2020 there was about 150,000 complaints of of mail being stolen um, in 2021 that doubled wow. so i haven't seen the data from 2022 uh, and 2023 but i would suspect it's it's either a linear pattern straightforward or you know maybe it's gone up exponentially cuz uh, cuz to see it... a a, a two-fold increase in in mail being stolen. um, It's pretty significant. So this is something that is nationally relevant. A lot of people are are on high alert about it. And unfortunately, there are so many people that fall victim to that. Um, So switching over to scams, though, there are lots of scams, and they're only getting better and more deceptive. Um, You know, it's whether it's in person, if it's it's someone messaging you on social media or or calling you over the phone, or um, I mean, even if it's, you know, a family member pretending to to try and capture information or money from you. um, Unfortunately, there are just lots and lots of scams and people fall victim to it. Um, Everyone falls victim to it. That's important to note, you know, sometimes we just have bad days. Uh, But more importantly, when it comes to scams, there are certain scams that affect certain people. Um, You know, sometimes the older population might fall for one scam, but a younger population might fall for another. And it really just depends on how you're protecting your data, you know, what you're sharing online, what you're giving access to, um, and how you interact with um, people who should raise red flags. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to share some of those red flags and some advice on what to do and what to avoid.
0: All right. So what are some of the bigger scams that we're seeing right now?
1: So uh, scams, uh, these online scams, phone scams, these are not anything that's new. We've been dealing with them during my entire law enforcement career, but uh, they continue on. And if we continue to, if we do some more education on it, hopefully we can prevent them in the future. Um, The scammers target everybody from the young to the old, and they use specific scams for um, each of those categories. Because sometimes we can be a little bit, a little bit too trusting. Um, so the types of scams we have, um, and I'm just going to give a few, but there's, there, I'm sure there's a lot more. Uh, we have romance scams uh, where a suspect will contact a victor, victim, victim um, online, and you know develop a relationship over time. Sometimes these scams last months and months, mm-hmm. and or maybe even years. And what they'll do is they'll develop a relationship with them. Um, using a false identity. And then, you know, at some point they'll, they'll coerce the victim to providing the money or even um, using them as a, like a money mule. So uh, what they'll do is they'll send the victim some sort of a, a, or get another victim who's involved in the scam to send uh, the victim some money, the middleman, some money. uh, And then that money will be then funneled through cryptocurrency or through another bank account or a credit card account. Um, to another end user. So if you, they target uh, um, lonely people online um, and sometimes what they'll do is they'll also morph that into an extortion as well. Um, An extortion is another type of scam that we have online uh, where a, a suspect will target an individual and then coerce some sort of valuable information out of them, some sort of compromising information Specifically, one that we see a lot is nude photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have somebody posing as a female contact a male and request nude photos and then extort them afterwards. What they'll do is the suspect will research the victim online, um, gather information on friends and family, and then say, if you don't send me X amount of money, then I'm going to send these compromising images to your friends and family members or even your co-workers or your work. Um depending on what the the suspect is posing as. So one of the easy ways of of preventing this is, you know, never send nude photos of yourself to a stranger online. It's good practice not to send nude photos of yourself online anyways, but uh, definitely not to a stranger online. Um, This is something that we see targeting specifically um, young adult men, you know, teenagers, uh, people in their twenties, the early thirties. We see a lot of it. And, A lot of these scams involving romance and extortion uh, will originate overseas somewhere, sometimes stateside, uh, but I would say the majority uh, will originate overseas, whether or not it's India or a West African country. We find this information out based off of where the money is transferred to, if they do get money. And then also internet providers. We see um, a lot come from Nigeria based off their, their IP addresses. Yeah. And some, other things
2: to remember is there are so many different ways to eventually fall into this funnel of a scam, um, especially for young people. Tinder, Tinder's a really popular scam site. Um, Instagram, if you go to the comment sections, you know, for example, if you're looking at, you know, a, a post from a page that you follow, and you go and you see there's just bots and bots and bots that pop up. You know, same thing with Facebook, mm-hmm. um, even LinkedIn. I've, I've on my LinkedIn, I've seen uh malicious suspicious accounts messaging me um for various things and something that i really really want to stress is digital and social media literacy what you put out there is, is public and somebody can find it one way or another you know even if you have a private page um somebody can create a fake account and eventually you know they'll gain access to your information so always being mindful of what you put on there you know especially when it comes to like property you know I. Sometimes people will post a picture of their neighborhood and their yard, but you know, with with geotrackers online and and websites where you can go and find addresses, I mean, it's very very easy for even just the smallest bit of information. Um, and then, especially with the extortion stuff, I mean, they might just be bluffing. Um, you know, a scammer might have some basic information, or they might take a picture from your profile of you and your family, and they might send it, and you might believe that they have you know sensitive secure information. So you know, it's very easy to slip into that pit. And once you get there, it, it's really, you know, terrifying. Um, so just being mindful of what you put online and where you're clicking, you know, especially on the police department's page on our Facebook, when we post something, there's always going to be those comments that spam that pops up. Um, those are just bots. Those are just programmed to be able to take advantage of Facebook software. And what they want you to do is they want you to click on because once you click on, you know it'll capture you maybe there's a double click feature where they're capturing where you're coming from your email etc um you know just avoid clicking watch where you're clicking watch what you're posting and just being very careful of who you associate with online
0: well and i would add to that even if it's a video that's sent to you on facebook by a friend i mean that friend could have been hacked i've had that happen not to me personally but somebody sent me a video and I was thinking this person really would never send me a video. Therefore, I'm not going to click on that. I'm just going to delete that. So, yeah, there's a lot out there.
1: So that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, Taylor brought some really good points about security of your information online. Um, so make sure that you are secure and, you know, who can view specific details about your account. Uh, be careful about, the, for instance, Facebook. Be careful about your phone number that, or your email that you have associated with your Facebook uh, be careful, you know, your date of birth. Some people will put their, their birthdays on their Facebook, um, which it's nice to get a bunch of happy birthdays when it is your birthday. It makes you feel good. Um, people enjoy doing that as well. Uh, but if your, your account is open and I go, you know, sc- start scrolling through the history and all the posts, you know, from the last several years, I could probably figure out your birthday based off of the day that everybody started commenting, saying happy birthday. Um, and that might be an easy way of, uh, finding out some personal information. So, well, not only that,
2: something else too, is that, for example, uh, parents who just had a kid, you know, they'll post and they'll celebrate the date of the birth of their child or, you know, the day they got married. So there's information that is just shared that people don't think about, but these are essential and vital, you know, dates and events that happen. So for example, you know, if you have a question, a security question on a a random website, um, and it's, it's. What place did you get married? You know, someone might be able to hop onto your your Facebook and they might be able to find that information. So just always being mindful of what you post in the moment and how it could potentially be used against you in the future. Um, And also change your passwords. Please do not use the same passwords for several different sites. Regularly monitor them, change them up, you know, on a a frequent basis um, and make them strong because that's a whole nother... Whole another uh, iceberg.
0: <laughs> now, yeah. I want to I want to go back to the birthday thing because I heard that if you put just your month and your day, you're okay as long as you don't have the year. But Tim, would you recommend just not having any of that on there?
1: It depends on who has access to your page. Um, you know, for for instance, mine, uh, I think I do have my birthday on there, but, uh, all the other security settings on my Facebook page are essentially to the back. So the only people that can see any post on my Facebook page are, are friends, friends, people I'm friends with. Um, so I'm fine with that because I I keep all the, uh, strong security settings on my Facebook page, but, um, it's important for, you to do that for yourself, but then also encourage friends and families to do that as well. Um, So just to keep everybody within your circle protected, because our scammers out there, they do research on people um, and they can find out just to sound more uh, convincing if they impersonate somebody, which we'll get to the impersonation scams next. um, They'll do research on, um, for instance, just as an example of something that goes around a lot is um, our, our elderly community. You know, if, if uh, somebody creates a, a Facebook account um, and then they post about their grandchildren, um, they tag the grandchildren and posts, well, then uh, a scammer can easily go through there, find out who the grandchildren are, then research the grandchildren, find out where the adult grandchildren are living, and then come up with a, a story to call the, the victim and then um, coerce them into believing that their grandchild was arrested for DUI or something like that. Um, and then try to extort some money out of them that way. So well,
0: and out of all the scams, and I, I know that every time you all tell me about another scam, it's like, well, that's the worst one. That's the worst one. I just that one where people are trying on those grandparents' emotions. and I just I, for me right now, that's the worst one. I just I can't even imagine. I'm sure you have 12 more that are even worse than that. but it's just cruel. <laughs> I don't understand.
2: It only gets worse too, unfortunately, um, with AI now and the advancements that have been made, especially in the last two years. I mean, it is just unbelievable. You can take a 15 to 30 second sound bite a clip of you online. Um, you know, you can take photos of somebody online and you can recreate their voice. You can recreate their image. You can create a video to show, you know, a a picture still communicating, um, So even now it's gotten to the point where, you know, you might get a phone call and it might actually be, you know, an alteration of your grandson, your brother, your mother's voice, and you don't necessarily know what to believe. So my biggest piece of advice is to create a two factor authentication method, right? I think it's very powerful. It's a very useful tool, especially online, uh, but you can incorporate it into your, your own personal life, right? So for example, if you and your family you know, you guys discuss it, and you say, "Hey, if you ever get a phone call, or if you get an email, or you get something, you know, communicating with me asking for money, just something random, you know, um, say you get a, a message from your husband asking for ten thousand dollars for an emergency, you know, expense because our child had to go to the the hospital or something, you know, cr- one you should call them, but also oftentimes, you know, uh, there are ways for scammers to get around that, but create you know a two factor method. Say, hey." Give me a code word. Give me a special phrase that nobody else would know, that only we would know. So that way you have at least that line of defense. So if you get a call from someone, you know, if it's it's three in the morning and you're getting a call from someone claiming to be, you know, a family member and they need your help, you know, say, cool, what's the code word? And that's a very easy and effective way to spot. Um, and then if it is just from a random number, give them a call, right? If you do get a call and they pass all the checks and, you know, they say it's your brother and we need money for bail. Um, call a trusted number, you know, reach out to another family member who might have access to them, you know, just be skeptical and verify, verify, verify.
0: Absolutely. And it's worth taking that few extra minutes that it may take to make sure that because if you do get scammed, it's going to be months of work in order to try to get things back to the normal. So so what other? I think so. So far today, we've talked about romance, extortion, and impersonation scams, right? I think those are three doozies, right? Yeah. Well, there's
1: there's more out there. Uh, just kind of go over them rather quickly. We have okay. uh, well, it comes to the impersonation. You know, somebody can be impersonating a loved one, um, a friend. They can be impersonating a charity or a financial institution. Uh, just know that a financial institution or charity is probably not going to reach out to you on Facebook or Instagram and request money. Uh, if there is be suspicious and then research the, uh, the charity or the financial institution yourself, whether it's a Google search, um, which works very well, and then just contact them directly. Okay. Don't, That's don't respond idea. to, I'll be very cautious about responding to anybody over a social media platform. Cause you don't, really know who you're talking to, especially if you don't know the person. Uh, And then also, if they give you a phone number or a website that if it's like a Gmail account and you're talking, you think you're speaking to the the Red Cross, well, then that's also should be a a, a huge red flag there. Um, A a big one we've seen come up recently is real estate scams, where um, scammers have been able to locate uh, properties, typically vacant properties for sale, and then try to scam the um, the real estate companies into selling that property, impersonating the owner of it. You know, they've obtained uh, personal information about the owner uh, through public records, and then tried to scam the, uh, um, the real estate companies. Um, we've had very expensive properties now uh, that have gone for sale uh, without the owner's knowledge or consent. Um, so if you're if you have friends or family members that are close to these properties or neighbors, um, it might be worthwhile to say, Hey, if you see a for sale sign pop up in my, my empty lot over here, um, give me a shout, let me know. Um, it's not as common, but it is, it is coming up. We had a a property, um, a scammer tried to sell for over $800,000. So if they had, uh, if they had made that sale, it would have been a really big score for them, which we were able to luckily able to stop. Um, and that's just, that's a big example, but there's, there's some smaller examples out there as well. Lottery, uh, you know, somebody feeling that they are getting uh, scammed into believing that they won something. Um, this is an older scam that, that goes after the elderly a lot. Um, so they'll, they'll get a phone call uh, or they'll get an email saying, Hey, you won the lottery or if you won this amount of money, you just need to pay the taxes on it. Or you need to send this person some money first, then you'll get your million dollars. Um, you know, this, these, this, this one's been around for a very long time. If you get something via email, uh, just check the email, see where you're getting it from. Um, sometimes the, the evidence is right there in the email itself. You know, the, the, the sender's email, um, look for, uh, Taylor balls, Taylor posted something on the, uh, the James city County Facebook recently about this, where somebody had, a. Uh, um, he had received an email for Geek Squad and there was, there was clear grammatical issues with it. Um, that's also a, a, a telltale sign right there. Another one that's been around for a very long time is utility scams. This targets businesses specifically, where somebody will call and say they're from the utility company, Dominion Power, something like that, and say, hey, you haven't paid your bill. You need to get paid uh, right now, or we're about to cut. We have somebody en route to cut your power off. So a small business, you know, who has customers inside their business, they don't want to have their, their power go out because then they'll lose money. So then they'll panic, they'll go and they'll send the, the scammer money and then, then it'll be gone. It'd be difficult to track down where it went to. Um, that's a common one. If you were to receive a, uh, a phone call from somebody claiming to be a utility such as Dominion Power, contact Dominion Power directly. Uh, you know, you might have a bill somewhere with a 1-800 number straight to Dominion Power. Say, hey, is there anything wrong with my bill? Um, And then that'll let you know. And when in doubt, it's always fine to call the police. Say, hey, I received this phone call. I want to see if it's legit. Can you run the phone number and see if this comes back to Dominion Power? So it is okay. And I think Caleb kind of hinted on this before. It's okay to be suspicious of people, especially when you're getting a a phone call from somebody you, you don't know. So when in doubt, um, you can always contact the police. We'll do our best to help you out, just to determine whether or not it's a, it's it's a legitimate business.
2: So
0: yeah. And you, oh, go ahead. I'm right. sorry,
2: Taylor. Just to add on that, right? These affect everybody, from big to small. You might just be, you know, some person. Um, you could be a victim, right? And I don't know if people remember, but it was in 2022 we had that ransomware attack on the Colonial Pipeline. Um, yeah, that is is a pretty dramatic effect of how far people can go and how powerful some of these scammers and uh, malicious actors can be.
0: Absolutely. So you all have covered a little bit of prevention. Do you have maybe one or two for each of you, the best prevention tips you could give people?
1: Yeah. Uh, and I kind of hinted on it before. Um, never send nude photos online. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big one. That's a good um, rule to live by. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be suspicious. Um a legitimate business will never ask you to buy to make a payment via gift cards. Right. So um, this is a big one with the elderly community as well. This, and this targets not only individuals, but businesses as well. Um, anytime, or if you are a business and a, and a person comes in to buy, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gift cards, that should be a red flag to you, you know, and it's okay to say what's going on. Why are you buying, Ten? Why are you trying to buy $10,000 in iTunes gift cards? Because that, that's a lot of music, you know, $10,000 worth. Um, but what the scammers do is they collect these gift cards and they're extremely difficult to, to track. Once you give them the number, um, the funds are essentially gone. So um, anybody that will call you in, uh, or contact you and request payment via gift card, um, you should be suspicious of that. Or if you see a family member that's doing that, you need to stop them as well and ask the questions of why are you doing this? Absolutely. So never yep, never make a, 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 any purchases via gift cards. Sure. <laughs> the, police, the police will never contact you and ask for a payment uh, due to a warrant or a summons. Um, if you have any questions about the legitimacy of that, contact the police department itself. Um, our, there's a lot of scams that go out there claiming to be our sheriff's department saying our sheriff has a, a warrant out for your arrest and you need to go down to the seven 11 and get a, a gold dot, um, rechargeable, you know, visa card and give it to them. Um, that's, uh, that will never be the case. Our sheriff will never do that. And our police department will never do that. No legitimate business will ever do that. So, um, anytime somebody requests you to make a payment via gift card, um, you should be asking some questions then
0: absolutely Taylor Tim's taken a couple of good ones do you have <laughs> a couple of recommendations for
2: prevention yeah um you know my my big three would be skepticism education and vigilance um okay. you know be mindful of what you're putting online be mindful where you're clicking always track your information. Be on top of your digital identity. Um, and of course, we've talked about many things, but, you know, especially when it comes to our use online, it is so unbelievably easy to give your data um, to even, even legitimate businesses, you know, um, data firms that that capture and sell data. I mean, that's a major multi-billion dollar industry right now. Um, You know, just continue to educate yourself, right? On social media, I've started a a Spot the Scam series. So whenever we do come into contact with something that's not necessarily like a pressing major threat to the community, you know, I want to use our platform to promote more education and demonstrate what some of these scams look like because most people just won't know. Um, And vigilance, I mean, just take action, right? Even if you get an email that seems suspicious, it's so easy just to delete it or overlook it. Report it as spam, you know, look into it perhaps a little bit, you know, see if other people have been getting these types of of communications. Um, because even if you aren't a victim of a scam, that doesn't mean somebody else, you know, next door in your household, you know, around the world are not becoming victims of this, right? Because uh, that's that's kind of what I said before, is that it's, it's a big net. Is there are scammers and they cast a big net and, you know, hopefully you are are not going to get caught up in it, but, you know, being mindful of the other people who will. Um, And like I said, I mean, scams affect everybody. It just might be a different form. You know, you could be a young person, you could be an old person, it it really does not matter there's going to be some kind of scam that we could fall victim to. Um, You know, and also just change your passwords, please change your passwords.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm concerned that there may be people out there that are listening to this or watching us and thinking, Oh my gosh, that has happened to me, or I did this, or I have just gotten a phone call and I'm embarrassed. I fell for it. I would assume that because as you both have said, it happens to everyone. I mean, people are scamming everyone out there and to please, please contact the police department, right?
1: Yes. Well, yeah, definitely contact the police immediately, but there are certain things that you can do to help us out. If you know, you happen to fall victim to a scam, you know, there's no magic button for me to press uh, and then collect all the information associated with this scam. And a lot of this has a lot of the work that, that when it comes to collecting the evidence you know, falls on the victim as well. Um, some of the things you can do, uh, well, first of all, make sure that you're safe and your credit is safe. Price a, place a fraud alert on your credit to the three major credit agencies. Um, and then keep an eye. I think it's a good idea to keep an eye on your credit in general anyways, to see if there's any sort of uh, suspicious information that has popped up any accounts that have tried to open any kind of hard credit inquiries that wasn't you or you didn't authorize um just to, just to keep an eye on your credit that can go a long ways but if you do happen to become a, a victim of a, some sort of a scam or a fraud contact us immediately save as much information as you can uh, as far as emails phone numbers because if you do have all the emails, it's easy for you just to forward those directly to the detective or the officer, whoever takes the report. Um, and then again, whenever you contact your financial institution, save the information from your bank, whether or not it's the statements, um, you know, write down the name and number of the person you talk to. If you happen to fall into a scam involving gift cards, save those gift cards, save the receipts. Um, so that you can provide that information to the uh, to the detective or the uh, the law enforcement officer, uh, it's a good idea to take um, if you have a lot of gift cards, take fo- uh, photos of them. That makes it easy to to scan and upload them and send them to the uh, to, to the detective if need be. Um, but uh, phone numbers, emails, and then bank information is a uh, is is very important because when it comes to investigating financial crimes, sometimes it, it's very labor intensive there's a lot of time that goes into it um and we as the police department couldn't become overwhelmed with these cases especially if they were to hit you know a dozen people at once you know it takes a lot of time to write a search warrant uh to get a subpoena so um the more information that you can gather makes my job a lot easier and I really appreciate that.
0: Okay I know that you have provided us with some resources that I'm going to put in both the show notes and on a screen at the end of numbers to call and what to do. So I really appreciate that. Do you all have any, because I think we're running up on our time limit here. Do you all have any final thoughts before we log off?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the last thing I would add just to prevention, um, you know, laundry list, just go through your social media every couple months. Just look at what information you have out, you know, consider deleting things, right? So on Facebook, for example, when you delete something, it's gone. Um, which is nice. Um, you know, go through on a, on a regular basis and look at what websites you're using, you know, question, if you need this account, if it's necessary for you to have, you know, your credit card information stored on a website that you haven't chopped in in two years. Um, you know, if you do become a victim of a scam, or if you notice something suspicious, say a charge pops up on your credit card. Uh, I mean, just take preventative action and preemptively, you know, cancel that card or, or have it reissued because I've seen instances in the past where somebody suspected that something may have happened. You know, Maybe their information was compromised in one way or another um, and they didn't do anything about it. And then a year and a half, two years later, all of a sudden the same card that they had been using was stolen um, or their identity was being used elsewhere. Um, so monitor, you know, what the police department puts out, monitor what happens uh, in your own banking realm, and your own inboxes, right? You know, if you see that a website has been compromised and your data was involved in a data breach, uh, jump on that. Just take whatever steps you can, uh, you know, just always be
1: vigilant and just take action because that's the best way to prevent, you know, stuff happening.
0: Thank you, Taylor. Tim, any f- final thoughts?
1: Yeah, just to piggyback off of that, you know, um, take care of yourself take care of your friends and family, you know, get this information out so we can really stop um, the spread of these, these crimes taking place. And I don't think we'll ever truly eradicate all of it. And it's with law enforcement and crime, it's constantly evolving. You know, it'll just be from one scam to the next uh, one crime to the next. Um, But the way that we can, you know, prevent it from happening again is just, you know, getting the information out and learning from our mistakes. So not everybody's be watching this podcast. So if you're watching this podcast and you're getting some good information from it and you find that it's interesting, please share it with your friends and family. That way we can prevent it in the future.
0: Excellent point. Thank you for that little plug there at the end. I appreciate (laughs) that. Well, and I have a final thought. I normally don't do this, but If you're watching this and if you're a scammer or if you're thinking about being a scammer, please stop. Use that energy, right? Because it's not easy to do this. Use that energy and please put it into something good. There's a lot of good stuff. We can hook up with volunteer work, um, you know, lots of stuff. So don't, don't, just don't. I think that's a good way to sum it up, right guys?
1: Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just don't. We don't need that kind of job security. There's other things for us to do. So, well, once again, thank you both so much for taking a little bit of your time to do this.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.
0: Glad you could be here. Now, I know that there's going to be other scams that are going to pop up, and I think it would be a great idea to have you guys back periodically, and we can do more shows on just what our citizens need to do in order to keep themselves safe. Are you all both game for that?
1: Yes, ma'am.
2: Yeah. We could talk for 10 hours. (laughs) Very good.
0: good. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much. Well, that wraps up this episode of this week in James city County. Thank you so much for tuning in as always, please, please be sure to subscribe that way you will be sure to never miss one of our episodes. Give us a rating on any of your podcast platforms. We would love to have that. And also we have a website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you can give us show ideas. There's a form, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next time.